Welcome to the Faith Podcast. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe the Word of God has the power to transform your life to the life God has always meant for it to be. And we believe today's message will do exactly that. Genesis chapter 22. And it's a very familiar story. God appears to Abraham. And he tells him, Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and offer him as a sacrifice in the place where I tell you. Now, have you ever thought to yourself, why would God, a loving God, ask Abraham to give his only son? Mind you, the son he believed for. Mind you, the son it took for him to 25 years to get to a place of faith where he could receive that son. Why would God ask Abraham to give the son of the promise to him? Now, see, in those days, there was a thing called covenant. And when one party was in covenant with another party, that individual had to be willing to do whatever the other individual was willing to do. So if one party was willing to do something, the other party had to be willing to do so also. So that God could legally do his plan in the future, he had to have someone in the earth who would legally offer the same thing. So as in the perspective of covenant, let's look at Genesis chapter 22. We'll pick up in the middle of verse 5. Abraham said, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now notice, this is the first words of faith here. God told him to offer Isaac, but he had so much faith in God, he knew that even if he offered Isaac, Isaac was coming back with him. Then Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? That is a good question. (laughs) Isaac has been to many sacrifices. So he's walking, I see the wood, I see the fire, I see the knife. We're missing one important thing here, Dad. But notice what Abraham tells him. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a what? God will provide himself a what? For a burnt offering. So they win both of them together. Those are the second words of faith. He had faith in God's provision. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, Isaac, by some commentaries, was at least 13. So he had a choice about the matter. So yes, Abraham was a great man of faith, but so was Isaac. He had faith enough to get on that altar and offer himself. Because think about you. If your parent came along and said, God told me to offer you as a sacrifice, he's like, you have lost your mind. Get away. Put that knife down. But Isaac had enough faith to get on the altar and allow himself to be bound to be offered. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. Imagine this. This father of faith is taking this knife, about to plunge it into the son whom he loves. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a what? A what? A ram caught in the thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead or the place of his son. 
And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. You know, Jehovah-Jireh means the God who sees and provides. So, go back to verse 8. So, we know the story. God gave a ram in the place of Isaac. But let's read verse 8 together. What does it say? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. Abraham had faith that God would provide a lamb to take the place of his seed. But on that day, did God give him a lamb? What did he give him? But he still had faith that God would provide a lamb to take the place of his seed. So Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Abraham believed in covenant with God that God would provide a lamb. And Abraham was willing to offer his only son. So look at Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to lay a foundation before we get to the main part of the message. Exodus chapter 12 verse 5 is another familiar story. God is judging Egypt. And all the gods of Egypt for how they treated the people of Israel. So before this last and final judgment, God tells Israel specific instructions so that the judgment doesn't touch them. And he tells for them to take a lamb that shall be without blemish, in verse 5, a male the first year. You shall take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and he shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and upon the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat. So notice they were to take a what? Lamb. Take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and then the destruction, that judgment would pass over them and wouldn't touch them because of the blood of the lamb. But notice what verse 7 says, they are all supposed to consume the lamb. Now go to Psalm 105. So not only will the blood cause the destruction and the judgment to pass over them and won't affect them, but they're also supposed to consume or eat or receive the lamb. Now, we look at stories or movies of the Exodus, maybe Charles Heston's or the other ones, and we see the picture of them leaving Egypt finally, and we see the old people hobbling along, how they're carrying the sick people. It's just such a touching, endearing scene. But it's not biblical. Look at verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Now, Moses was 80 when he led the children of Israel out. His brother Aaron and sister Mary were older than him. So what happens is you have people well into their hundreds marching out of Egypt as long with the younger ones. But the Bible says none of them were feeble. None of them were weak and none of them were sick. What happened? If they were sick, they were weak, but they received, they consumed the lamb and they received strength. They got healed or whatever ailed them, and they were able to march out of Egypt whole. They were able to march out of Egypt healed because they had consumed, they had received the lamb. 
But notice also it says they left with silver and gold. So not only did they leave healed, not only did they leave strengthened, they left paid. They were broke no longer. They have been slaves for hundreds of years. They have been denied what actually belonged to them. But because they received the lamb, they received restoration. They received restitution. And they were prospered. And they left where God intended them to be because they have received the lamb. Go to Exodus chapter 29. Exodus chapter 29. Verse 38, now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar to what? Lambs of the first year day by day continually. So he's saying every single day you are to offer a lamb in the morning and a lamb at night. And this is what you do forever. What are they to offer? A lamb. But notice what it says, skip down a few verses. Why they had to offer a lamb. Verse 42, this shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto you. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. So they had to offer two lambs a day continually so that God could have a relationship with them. So that God can be with them like he wanted to be. So that the glory could fill the tabernacle. So that Aaron and his sons could actually stand in the priest's office. They had to continually offer a lamb. So we see just from these few passages how a lamb was very important to Jewish theology, to the Jewish mentality. They all knew the importance of a lamb. They needed a lamb so that they could do what was required of them. So go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And as you turn there, there was also in the Old Testament how the sin offering or the trespass offering they had to offer to cover sins they committed knowingly or unknowingly. And once they committed sin unknowingly, someone told them about it, they had to offer a lamb to be covered. If they committed a sin they knew about it to be covered, they had to offer a lamb. They offered a lamb because it would cover their sins. It wouldn't wash them away, but it will cover it. Amen. So that was a sin and trespass offering. But then also those who were cleansed or healed of leprosy had to offer a lamb so that they could cut back into the community because a leper was castigated from society. They were outcast. But once they were healed in order to join society again, to enter back into the family, to enter back into the congregation, they had to offer a lamb. So look at John chapter one. We're going to look at verse 29. John the Baptist was preaching. It says in verse 29, the next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now remember, we looked at Abraham, how he was willing to offer his son. And because he was covenant with God, God is now willing and able to offer his son. 
Abraham's words of faith was God will provide himself a lamb. And so in John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist announces, there is the Lamb of God. He provided an offering to stand the entire test of time. They knew they needed a lamb so they could have all God wanted for them so that they could be covered, that they could be forgiven. They knew they needed a lamb, so God gave a lamb. So I'm a person on social media. I'm on Twitter. And on Twitter, there's a concept called a hashtag. And so you can tweet something, and people hashtag and put whatever subject is about. And then you can hit that hashtag and look at all the different subjects in the category that falls under that tweet. And so that brings me to the title of my message. Message. Hashtag, he took my place. (laughs) Hashtag, he took my place. John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold... The Lamb of God. He took my place. Died a death I couldn't die but deserved to die. Went to hell for me, a place I deserved to go. He took my place. Go to Isaiah chapter 53. He took my place. Isaiah 53. Start with verse 4. Surely he who, Jesus, the Lamb of God, hath borne our griefs. The word griefs there means sicknesses. He took my place and he took my sicknesses. And carried our sorrows. The word sorrows there's mean the sorrows and the pain that come for punishment. The sorrow I deserved, the pain I deserved, because what I did wrong, the Lamb of God took it. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. We're wounded there inside my Bible says tormented. For our transgressions. That word means rebellion. He was tormented because we were rebellious. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. For iniquities there means perversity, depravity, guilt or punishment of iniquity. So because we were depraved, because we lived perverse lifestyles, he was crushed. And see, the thing is, remember John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. It didn't say the sins of the nice people. The sins of people who look like they're Christians. The sins of the people at church. He came to take the sins of the world. That is our message to people. Not that God came to judge you. He came to save you. And so they're talking about, oh, well, that lifestyle's perverse. That lifestyle's depraved. Well, Jesus came to take on the punishment of that lifestyle. Jesus said, I came to save the world, not to condemn it. He took my place. But he was tormented for our rebellion. He was bruised for our depravity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
so that I could have peace. The Lamb of God was tormented and chastised and punished. So that I can have peace of mind, so that my mind is not breaking down, so that I don't have to struggle with depression. I don't have to be oppressed in my mind. He took my place. That peace there means shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. If your life is like a pie, you might say, well, I have some slices missing. Well, he took your place so that you can be whole. So that nothing should be missing in your life. He took your place. And with his stripes, we are healed. The stripes of the cat of nine tails. A whip that had nine lashes that had bones and glass and rocks on it. So that when they beat him, his flesh would be yanked out. 39 different times. I deserve that. We deserve that. But he took it so that we could be healed. He took my place. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every time we decided we're going to do it my way, we're going to do it our way. God, yes, I know you want me to go this way, but I don't want to, so I'm going that way. I know you want me to go over there, but I'm staying here. Every time we made that decision, God put the punishment for that decision on the Lamb of God. He took my place so I don't have to pay the price of my rebellion trying to do it my own way. He took my place. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before a shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He didn't resist. He didn't complain. He could have called out angels at any time and destroyed the world. But he didn't open his mouth. He didn't give up going through it. Says, you know what? Forget these people. These rebellious, wicked evil, devilish people. Forget them. He didn't. He kept his mouth shut and he took our punishment. He took our place. We all deserve that death. We all deserve hell, but he took our place. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. He did not deserve to be lumped with criminals and thieves and murderers. But they put him in that group because we deserve to be in that group. But Jesus took our place. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God for Jesus to go through this, his only son. It made God happy for Jesus to go through this torment. Why? Because he took your place. 
It made God happy when they took the crown of nails and they jammed it into his skull. It made God happy when they yanked his beard. It made God happy when they bruised him and beat him with rods and mocked him. It made God happy. It pleased him when they whipped him with the cat of nine tails. When he carried his cross and they stretched him wide and jammed nails through his hand and through his feet. And it took every ounce of energy just to breathe while his flesh is torn off and the splinters in his back just to breathe. He was pleased because he took my place. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail, the trouble of his soul and shall be satisfied. Satisfied. Because after he died on the cross, he went to a devil's hell where we belonged. And Satan, all his demons tormented the lamb of God. Until heaven declared the claims of justice are now satisfied. And the Holy Ghost came and energized Jesus, raised him up, and he threw off all principality and power and was raised from the dead. Why? He took my place. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. None of us did anything to be declared righteous, to be considered just. All of our righteous, all our good things are like filthy rags. While you were a sinner, you never did anything enough to be considered righteous. But he took your place so that you could be considered the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's nothing you can do to earn that righteousness. But Jesus took your place so that you could be the righteous. So when I stand before God, He doesn't see my mistakes. He doesn't see my issues. He doesn't see my shortcomings. He doesn't see my failures. He sees the lamb that took my place. He sees Jesus. So I boldly can go to the throne of grace to receive mercy because I've missed it and receive grace to help me in my time of need. He took my place. Therefore, part of the lamb's reward, will I divide him a portion with the great? He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Who's the strong? You. Who's the great? You. Jesus deserved this reward, but what did he do? He took your place, then got a reward and shared it with you. Let the weak say that I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world that made you the great. So he took his reward, shared it with you, Because he has poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He took my place. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. He took my place. What I deserve to get, he took my place. All the punishment I deserved, he took my place. Everything I deserve to reap and get because of what I've done, he took 
my place. First Peter chapter one, verse 19. He took my place. Come back up to verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation or lifestyle received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The word redeemed in verse 18 means to liberate by payment of ransom. To cause to be released by one's payment of ransom, to redeem, to deliver from evils of every kind, internal and external. So he said, you weren't redeemed or rescued by things that really have no value. You were rescued by the blood of the lamb. He paid the price for you to be rescued. The Bible tells us that we've been delivered from the power of the authority of darkness. Satan can't hold you because Jesus took your place. Doesn't matter what tries to run through your family, Jesus took your place. He took your place. Go to Galatians chapter 3. You were rescued by the blood of the Lamb. We make much of the blood because the blood makes much of us. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Think about that concept, the Messiah, the son of the blessed one. The blessed one himself became a curse. We serve a Messiah who was cursed so that we could be blessed. So it doesn't matter what type of generational curse tries to run through your family. He took your place. So all this runs in my family doesn't have to because he took your place. It doesn't matter whatever witch or warlike tries to do to you because Jesus took your place. So that you might receive the blessing of Abraham and the promise of the Spirit. Jesus took your place. I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you would like to today, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son. to you. You want to give financially, also go to FCCGA.com.